We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. intro boy shout out to my man nick zab the mixtape is out now no vacancy check that shit out on spotify that's the new theme song i know the beat sound familiar now we got some vocals to go with it too i had him on the podcast a couple months back and i'm still getting feedback from that episode so go and check out my guy nick zab and definitely show him some love And let's get into today's episode. My guest is none other than Jack Settlement of Snapback Sports. Say that five times quick, brother, brother. So Jack comes on. Shout out to him, man. Called him last minute. Called to the bullpen. And he came up to bat and hit a home run. So I appreciate him for that one. So Jack and I sit back, relax, shoot the shit like we always do. And it was cool, man. I'm a fan of his work. It's pretty dope that we're both a part of Blue Wire. We've been able to link up like that. And we talk about staying productive during these crazy times that we're living in. Unique times, like I mentioned before. 
And it's also the latest installment of the People's Podcast. So I got a lot of your questions here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jack Settlement of Snapback Sports. Mr. Snapback Sports, Jack Settlement, what it do? <laughs> What's going on, man? How you living with this whole lockdown shit we're under, bro? <sighs> Uh, honestly, I've been able to get more stuff done more than ever in my life before. I'm working harder than I honestly was before because you just you would go to work and then you'd want to go to dinner or you want to do whatever. Like now, my hours of relaxation I've just turned into content. So now I'm just working around the clock, but I love it. So it's like me playing video games and stuff. It's nothing crazy, dude. I couldn't agree with you more. I've been the most productive. I've I think I've ever been since I've started doing content because the excuse that everyone gives you is the same one, right? Like, I don't got the time. I got my nine to five. I got my schooling and shit. But now you don't got that excuse. So I totally agree with you, bro. And I've seen you've been getting all these like athletes that you've built these connections with and you're playing video games and whatnot. So tell me a little bit about how that came about. Snapback Sports. I'm reading articles right now. It's like 500 million reach. All, all time and all that and you went to school at uh texas like tell me a little bit about yourself bro how you got it yeah, well, well first of all quarantine has been a godsend for podcasting because everyone's sitting around and you know it's been made easy you can just hop on the phone but the origins are back at texas my sophomore year of college my roommate and I start a phone case business, and we are working with John Wall, Chris Jenkins, TJ Yeldon, and we're making cases for them and then selling them on our sites. Uh, and we're marketing all this stuff through social media, so Twitter, Facebook, but not ads. We're marketing it by paying these pages for shout-outs. So after we would do like 500 bucks in revenue on a post, but we had to pay them 300 and then costs, we're only making... 50 bucks, 10% off revenue. And I was like, this isn't, you know, phone cases specifically, you can't do long term because you only need a phone case every once in, you know, nine months, 12 months, 18 months. So I was like, what if I just own the page here and I was the ad? So uh, my senior years when I started to uh, go on Snapchat and started posting, I had access to Texas basketball. My friend was on a team. I lived three hours from Houston, Dallas, San Antonio. So I was very close to a bunch of sporting stuff. And everyone was on Instagram. Everyone was on Twitter. I was like, let's go on Snap. I'll start posting the same highlights they do. I'll showcase behind-the-scenes stuff when I have it. And that was kind of the birth of Snapback Sports. Damn, legit some shit you see out of a movie starting in in your dorm room, right? Exactly, exactly. Yo, what brought you to Texas, bro? Because I've actually, so my favorite number is 10. And people always think it's because of Eli Manning because I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. It's because of Vince Young. VY brought me to Texas. That's what happened. 2004, I was like, I don't know, 10 years old, 11, 12 years old. And he would just captivate me. And I'm a kid in Maryland, right? So watching Texas, huge disconnect of mm. cultures. And he just captivated me, almost like, you know, my favorite player now, Lamar Jackson. Uh, similar, similar styles, but I followed them that season. Everyone wanted USC to win the championship. I was on Texas' side, and it locked me in for a decade. Colt McCoy through the bad years. And then my junior high school, my parents were like, you know, Texas is actually like a really good school. It's nice weather and has the major you want. You should look at going there. So I looked at it, 
uh, I didn't get into Michigan, so I was like, all right, Texas it is. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Damn, man, that's so crazy. So now are you are you someone that follows Texas even now? Of course. Right, I, right. If I followed them when I was 12 years old watching, you know, out-of-conference basketball games, I'm following them once I – even though – the four years I was there, Texas football had its worst four years in its entire history. Damn, yeah, that's right. It was it, it got it got pretty bad. One of my one of my customers in the city, I got a food truck in Manhattan. I was telling you about this before we started recording. He's a huge booster at Texas, and like yeah. I would tell, he would tell me stories about all the games and whatnot. And yeah, it's it's been rough. It's been a rough stretch. But what is what is the culture like in Texas for football? And you coming from Maryland, that had to be a culture shock, no? Yeah, I, there was a time where I'm in my dorm room and I look in the mirror and we're going to tailgate for a game and I'm wearing uh, a collared shirt, I'm wearing whitewashed jeans or like blue jeans and cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. And I grew up going to Ravens games, so we would wear our jerseys and sweats or shorts and tennis shoes. And here I am, I'm like, who is this kid? But the culture, I mean, as you know, it's Texas football is life down there, which is why it seemed a little dead of life when they just were terrible for four years. But, like, every big win, it just pulsed throughout the campus. Every big win just went all throughout the city, all throughout the state. It's just all that matters. There's no pro sports team in the city of Austin. All they have is Longhorn football, and it's all they care about. So when you're at Texas, how soon after you graduate, or what was it that ultimately led to snapback sports being your thing? So that's a good question. I just recently was talking about the evolution of it. So my senior year, the first event, the first ever snapback live experience, which is when I'm at a game and I'm shooting content through the snap camera, was Texas football versus Oklahoma. So the Red River rivalry, the biggest rivalry that Texas has right now. Um, and then so senior year, it was just a snap sports account. That was pretty much it. I wasn't that comfortable in front of the camera, so it was more like out-facing stuff. A little personality in it, so they knew who was posting. I think my fans love the relatability of, like, he talks to us. He communicates with us. He argues sports with us. He's one of us. He's just posting a lot. So that was what it really was senior year. And then I graduated. I go to work at the Action Network, and I start to do some other stuff, get a little active on Instagram, and then it really took off like 10 months ago when we started the podcast, when I started to become more of like a personality in mm. the sports industry. So we had the podcast. Podcast goes to number one on the charts. We build out the Snapback Pod Instagram. I start driving towards my own Instagram. And then even the past eight weeks, building on Twitter, building on YouTube. Uh, when I moved to Whistle Sports back in September, so about seven months ago, uh, I really like started doing on-camera work. So now my face is in everything, my voice is in everything, and now you can see a, a true transformation of sports highlight account to like sports media brand plus Jack as a personality. 
Why was that such? Was it difficult for you to make? How come in the beginning you were so outward stuff as opposed to being on Yeah, I grew up uh, never in front of a camera. It just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, everyone hates their own voice. I hated my own voice, and I just didn't. I had no experience doing it. And then it just was these tiny, slow progressions. I actually liked the way that I did it. I wouldn't change it if I had to go back, just because I think. The beginning, the origin of it was like people just love the sports content. And then I came second. Now we can kind of go hand in hand because they trust me. They know me. They understand my views, opinions, etc. And I just think that's that was the best way to do it. Do very similar to me where in the beginning I had no no desire to be in front of a camera. And yeah. for me, how old are you? I'm 23. All right, so I'm 29. Now, I want you to, to, to picture this. I'm not going to make you close your eyes because we're <laughs> FaceTiming right now, so that kind of be a little weird. But yeah. just imagine, dude, you at 27 having braces on. Right. That's what I did. Because right. I had – so I had baby teeth. Like, I think it's like one of every six people, their baby teeth d- don't all fall out. Mm. So it got to a point where, like, you could tell. Like, my teeth were never – I had a gap, but it was because my canines never came down. Those are like the strongest teeth at the top of your mouth. So, dude, at like 26 years old, I'm like, yo, I don't need that much work, but I needed the gums to heal. So I got implants in because I knew that one day I want to be in front of a camera. I wanted to be more comfortable in front of a camera. So just imagine, dog, having braces at 27 and going to bars in the city. Like, that shit was super awkward going out. I feel you. But it was something, though, that I had to do because, like, I'm not saying that you were insecure in front of a camera, but it was something yeah. you weren't used to. So I right. could definitely relate to you where in the beginning, you know, I had to shoot from a very far distance off the camera because I had the braces on. So yeah. I didn't want my audience to see that. But now it's like, I, you know, I, I stream live on Twitch and I have a I have one scene that is the big cam and like that shit is just like up close and personal. Yeah, so you yeah. can see like everything. But yeah, man, it's just something that it, it took it took a while to get comfortable with. But now you're you're saying that with Whistle Sports, you're like in front of a camera more. Have you seen your your fan base expand or you get more momentum from them being like, oh, shit, that's that's snapback sports. Not just yeah, I think the I, voice. That's a great question. I think it's the next step, right? Mm. It's like people starting to recognize me outside of my own content because everything right now is my own. So they know who I am. Instagram is my own. Snapback's my own. But like I'm going to make my first appearance on Whistle this week and is there going to be a crossover? People that follow Whistle on YouTube, which has 1.8 million subscribers, also going to be following me on Snap or Instagram or my own YouTube and be like, oh, shit, there's Jack, right? So I think that's the next level is, like, getting outside of my own content uh, and getting my face more out there because now I don't really have a choice. I have to be comfortable with it. I've been in front of a camera. It is part of my job. So now it's just like, what can we do? How can we get me out there? You mentioned Action Network before, and I, I'm yeah. a fan of theirs, and I've uh, interacted with Chad Millman a bunch of times, and, yeah. and I'm good friends with Chris Raybon. Are you a uh, are you a degenerate? Are you a gambler? <laughs> Am I a degenerate or a gambler? Uh, both. That's probably you know, the same thing. They're, right? they're, they're both. There's some similarities. Yeah. I yes, I am. I was big in college, and that's kind of what led to me working with them because I was like sports betting, social media. Like this is the perfect company, and they were amazing. It was an excellent experience. 
The issue for me was I wanted to get uh, more broad in sports. Mm-hmm. I have a somewhat younger audience, obviously coming from Snapchat. So like 13 to 30, I don't want to exclude, you know, 40% of my audience just right. because I'm in sports betting. So it just didn't make sense as a fit. That's why Whistle made more sense as a fit. But action was like, is it the best job you could ever have? You're sitting at the desk. There's four plasmas on the screen, on the wall. And my job is to tweet about bets going on. And then I get to bet on those games going on. And everyone in the office has action on the game. It, it's like a man's dream. What are, what are some of the sports you like betting on? Dude, I'm a, I'm a, when I say degenerate, you got to understand that I love betting and gambling. And, and I, li- I like to think, and from what people have told me, it's the one thing that, because, dude, it's sports could be an oversaturated market. So you have to be able to be different from other people. And for me, sports betting is like my thing from a young age. I've told this story many times. I like I got a parlay card when I was six years old from my uncle. He's like, pick these games. And I didn't know what I was doing, bro. I'm not gonna play. Yeah. And he came back the next week and gave me like a twenty. He's like, Yo, we, we hit our we hit our parlay. I was like, Oh shit, this must be easy. Spoiler, yeah. definitely not easy. How much how much do you think your uncle won that you only got twenty dollar kickback? Oh man, uh, well considering that I was six years old and at the time I was someone that preferred the one dollar bills because I knew the ice cream guy for one dollar you could get ice cream. So I was still not able to, to comprehend the difference between the two. But dude, what kind of what kind of things are you into sports betting? Sports betting, my favorite sport to bet is probably football, just because, like, I know much more going on. NBA, I think there's a lot more value. Like, NFL football, if anyone bets on NFL football, you need to be doing it for fun unless you live in Las Vegas and you're a professional gambler. Mm. Like, if you are a degenerate like us and you think you're going to make a profit on football over the course of five years, like, I'm sorry, you're just not. The lines are too tight. They know everything. You don't know anything. If you ever bet a teaser, a parlay, a prop, like, it's just not a profitable strategy long term. With that being said, I do all of that stuff. I bet thing I'm going to crush. I bet props, parlays, all that stuff. Um, so, But football is the most fun just because I think I know the most about it. So I, I can actually understand why something would happen. I, I, I bet on everything, but I yeah. love futures. I love futures. Dude, I um, – it, it, it's it's my favorite thing. Like this past year, I hit on twelve to one at the FanDuel Sportsbook on Jameis Winston to lead the league in passing. Wow! So and and every year I seem to like have a hunch on these these props and these futures. I had the Chiefs to win the AFC, Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I doubled down when Mahomes came back and he was still injured. And then, yep. like you said, you're a Ravens fan, so Lamar Jackson's running wild. And yep. This is a this is an interesting question I want to ask you. As someone that's in social media the way you are, you've built this brand. Dude, yeah. how often do you find yourself trapped in the moment with everything that's going on? Because my whole thing was like, yo, the Chiefs are 12 to 1 right before they played the Pats in the regular season. Yeah. I'm like, dude, first of all, they were the favorite coming in. Lamar Jackson's running wild. Ravens are running wild. Everyone's forgotten how we felt about the Chiefs last year. How how in the moment is our society as sports fans? All right, so I'm trying to pull up right now. I don't know if I can do it on the fly, but I tweeted probably December 7th or something, like four weeks ago in the regular season. I said, everyone is following me. I know, Like, you know how big of a Ravens fan I am. The Chiefs to win the Super Bowl right now is the best value you'll probably see 
ever. Mm-hmm. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. I think at that moment they were like 8-1 to one or 10-1 to one or something. Uh, but yes, it is easy to get caught up in the moment. But I think I, I'm at least reasonable enough to understand when uh, there's good betting opportunities because that's the balance. It's like, how do you take the Ravens versus like my favorite team? But then there's opportunities where like I know my team so well. Bingo. I knew like Patriots Ravens week eight. That was probably the biggest bet I made all season. I was like, Patriots are overrated. They haven't played anyone. The Ravens are underrated. We have a good team. But I do get caught up in the moment. Like, after week four, I thought the Ravens were done. I thought we were toast. We had no defense. Lamar looked terrible. Our offense looked terrible. And then we won 12 straight games. Changes were made. Trades were made. Our team was improved. I couldn't have necessarily predicted that. But you do get caught up in the moment. There's no doubt about that. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You know who you shouldn't bet on? Me, because I am trash in Madden. Just not my thing. Can't do it. Can't coach them. Can't win with them. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. You mentioned something very, very important that I always say, too, that I think it's such a big benefit if you could be rational with your fandom that you could make serious money or save yourself serious money. Because some people like to bet with their heart. And, yeah, I'm a Giants fan, and it's been rough the last couple of years. But for the most part, it's something that I, I know them better than the average fan, I feel like. And someone that's not a Giants fan, I could tell you their flaws. You know, yeah. I like to think I'm rational, and I get that same vibe from you. My, so my big idea that I've just never done, I don't think it's that big of an idea, but something I, I genuinely wanted to do because I know the Ravens very well, but I also know friends of mine who are diehard Ravens fans who know us 10 times better than I do. They know our backup defensive tackle and his impact against a specific scheme. Like, I can't break it down that heavy because I'm more general and I'm just a big fan. But I want to essentially, let's say Giants-Ravens play week six next year, right? I think the best case scenario is find one rational, diehard, super knowledgeable Ravens fan find one diehard, rational, super knowledgeable Giants fan, put them in a chat room, put them on FaceTime, and just talk out the game. Like, Mm. so the Ravens are weak at this position. How do the Giants line up? Well, they're weak too. Okay, we consider that null. How do the Ravens normally fare when they're flying across the country or taking a train or whatever? And just them not even making a pick, but just hearing a back and forth and at the end of the conversation coming up with an idea of like, okay, the Ravens are better than the Giants. But maybe because sports are all matchups. That's all it is. It's just a matchup thing. It has nothing to do with the Ravens being that much better. You see bad matchups, and that's when upsets happen. So I think that's like 
if that could ever happen, where you find two rational sports fans, that might be tough to figure out. You could make a lot of money just hearing both sides of an argument and then coming up with kind of, okay, the Giants really shouldn't be 10-point underdogs. They they might lose by four, you know? I also think us having a background in gambling and yeah. betting, it gives us an advantage because, like you said, the matchups, I love playing daily fantasy sports. Yeah. I'm big on DraftKings and FanDuel, and I've had my share fair of successes, and I've won some tournaments. It's literally all matchups. Exactly. And understanding that, well, this, this team is really bad against the slot. They got this guy lining up in the slot, or, you know, they struggle against number two wide receivers, and then you go up against a team that has Calvin Ridley as a number two wide receiver. Right. So you know Calvin Ridley is going to be eating. So, yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you more about the, the matchups. I actually – I was on the Titans from about week 12. I actually money-lined them against the Pats. I money-lined really? them against the Ravens. And then it was just something where, you know, going back to the thing about being rational and, and matchups, I was saying the same thing about the Patriots that you were saying all year. I'm like, yo, they haven't played anyone good. The times that they played someone good, they got smoked. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Ravens, the two best teams. They lost to the Texans also in in the regular season. And I was like, yo, give me a reason why the Pats are going to beat the Titans other than, well, it's New England, bro. It's like, yeah, but that don't apply. Every year shit changes, and they weren't showing you anything to make that be the case. Betting against dynasties is without a doubt the toughest thing because there is an element where, like, it could have been New England. Like, Tom Brady mm. could have made... Like, if Edelman doesn't drop that ball, they'd right. probably go on and win that game. Even though the Titans probably were a better team. I like to... St- that's when I'll be like, the Titans are a better team. They, they can beat New England in New England. But I'm I'm just staying away from that one because I don't mess with, you know, betting against Tom in Foxborough. That's more of just like... I'm not saying I'm taking New England, but I'm just not... I'm getting away from that situation. Well, I also think that staying away... And not giving a pick on something is also the right pick sometimes. Totally. Yeah, going back to the thing about sports betting. All right, I got like two more questions I want to pick your brain about and just ask you. And then I got some questions here from some fans on the People's Podcast. Your experiences so far with uh, the whole brand of Snapback Sports, what's the coolest? I want a two-parter. What's the coolest thing you've got to experience, whether it's meeting someone or going to an event? And what's, like, the weirdest interaction you've had because of this brand that you've built? Oof, the coolest, I mean, the coolest thing ever was was the NFL Super Bowl. Like, mm. going to the Super Bowl this year, Chiefs-Niners, even though it did make me a little sick thinking about the Ravens being there, as they should have. Uh, it was just, like, in Miami, weather was perfect. It's so electric. I went in 2012 when the Ravens won. And it was kind of miserable. Like, the first half was incredible. But, I mean, did you rewatch the Giants game last night? Yeah, I um, actually, I've been to, I've been to 10 Super Bowls. Wow. Okay. So, you know the yeah, difference yeah, between yeah. being a fan and just a spectator. Yeah. Being a fan of the Super Bowl is miserable. And the Giants, the two games, even though they won them, like, those are just, like, you can't breathe in yeah. the fourth quarter. And the Ravens were up, we were up, whatever, twenty. Five to three, and we're blowing a lead, and it was more of just like a sense of relief when we won. So this experience in Miami the whole week was incredible. That was awesome. But the, my favorite thing that I'm doing because of Snapback is actually right now. Tomorrow we are dropping um, 
we're dropping the NFL draft series we've been working on for the past month. So we talked to 14 NFL combine prospects. Mm. We're going into the draft next week. And it's just been crazy to have that access to be able to talk to, you know, a first round pick the same way we talked to a seventh round pick and just hear their stories, hear about their combat experience, hear what they do off the field. And I've just never been more excited, even though we've talked to CJ McCollum and Jay Williams and these big guests, the draft project has just been, it's been the most fun I've ever had. Well, it's also the next guys up. Exactly. Like, who do, you, exactly. You don't know who you're talking to that might turn into Julio Jones or Deshaun right, Watson. Right. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And then the most ridiculous thing, huh, that's a good question. I actually haven't gotten like anything that's going to make for a great story. The only thing, we did a meetup, which was fun. Everyone I met was really cool. I didn't think anyone would show up. So the fact that anyone showed up, that was pretty awesome. Uh, but like people just DM. I, my big thing is I give away stuff. I love to support All right, people. So, support so, so, so how about that? What's like the weirdest request you might have gotten from someone? So it's really not weird. It's just like kids will DM me on Instagram and be like, yo, can I get 300 bucks? And I'm like, listen, I'm not a charity. Like I'm doing giveaways to give back. Everyone gets equal opportunity. But you can't just like ask me for $300 cash because I've given stuff away before. So that stuff, that stuff is just like part of the job. It is what it is. Um, but we, we've never really gotten – Maybe I'll try to get some crazy reactions from people or crazy asks. Uh, that way I can come back on and tell you funny stories. Well, I mean, money. Someone asking you for money is crazy. Yeah. Like, but... I'm, like I'm their dad or something. I don't know. It was very odd. It was very odd. All right, man. Let's, let's dive into some of these questions I have here because I know you're on a, a tight schedule and I want to keep this short. So, Jack, I do this series. Uh Guys, forgive me. I think this is installment 15 or 16 of the People's Podcast. I get questions from Patreon members, and then I take a bunch of questions from like fans uh, from the social medias. But I got a list over here, man. So I'll answer them, you'll answer them, and then we'll just shoot the shit about it. How's that? All right, bet. All right, cool. So this one comes from Burnsy. He says, because of the horse competition that the NBA has put together, what childhood games... Would you love to see done by some pro athletes? So I I don't know if this is a childhood game for anyone besides myself. I feel like people have done this in their own right. But in my basement, we had a couple couches. And we would take all the pillows off the couch and put it on a hypothetical goal line. And we called it the pillow game. And three or four of my friends would stand behind the pillows, like we're the defensive line. And like the pillows were the O-line. And I was tiny in, in high school. I was probably 150 pounds max. But I had friends who were on the football team. So they're like big kids. So it would be me and then these three big kids. And then my brother, who's three years younger than us, would be the running back. And he would just sprint and fly over the pillows. And the game would just be for us to kill him. Literally <laughs> kill him. So we would call that the pillow game. So to see like full speed a football guy, they would never do it because of obviously health and stuff. But like the dream scenario is Marshawn Lynch on fourth to one in the Super Bowl, and he gets the rock, and it's like what? Well, it's pretty much like the Oklahoma drill, just with with pillows. Uh, to see that full speed collision at the goal line, see who wins, see who's the bigger man. That would be the sickest thing. Did you ever play a game called Steal the Bacon? Yeah, yeah, like like where you would just 
kill the carrier. Yeah. Or, so yeah, like, yeah. I was in, in elementary school. We would play this game where it'd just be like a line, a gigantic ass line of kids, like maybe twenty kids, and then yeah. twenty kids on the other side, right? Like you're on opposite ends of the gym. Sorry, you're on the baselines, right? So you did it on a basketball court, and then our gym teacher would put like, I want to say it was a bowling pin, like in the middle of the court, and he would yell out. He'd go one and eight, and then whoever was number one on this line, yeah. number eight, would have to sprint. You grab the bacon, which was the bowling pin, and you would have to run it back to your side. But the kicker was, say me and you were matched up, and we were like going head to head. If you took the bacon, you would have to outrun me back to your line, but I could tag right. you, and then I end up winning. So it was like yep. cat and mouse. So I think that'd be dope to just have like athletes from all sports, like have like Mike Trout go up against LeBron. And just yeah. like mix and match, like Giannis going up against Saquon Barkley. And you just get all these freak athletes just going up against each other. Just going back to like schoolyard bullshit, bro. Like freeze exactly. tag and shit like that. I exactly. think that'd be dope. Uh, all right. Anna asks, what are some positives that have happened because of all sports being canceled? I know we mentioned that a little bit in the past about being productive. Is there anything? How about this? Let's reword this a little bit since we did touch on that. Is there... Any new hobby or new show you're into? Like, everyone's Netflixing and, and all this shit. Like, what have you uh, watched? If you have any suggestions for me, let me know. I, I can't find anything. I feel like I've watched it all. I'm not a huge... I, I'll binge, but then, like, once I'm done, I'm not really looking for the next. So I did watch Sex Education, mm. which is about, like, this British kid. It's on Netflix, and his mom's, like, a sex therapist. So he becomes, like, a sex therapist at school as like a side hustle uh and it's like a little love story but it's a comedy it, it was pretty good i'm not gonna lie i think it was two seasons i smashed that in like a week and then now i haven't been watching anything else i've been i've been really into sports cards recently so uh -huh. i've been watching videos on that i've been doing my research and then if you like gambling let me teach you what you can gamble on right now so they have these things called live breaks. So these distributors or these companies, the, if you were to buy a box of cards, let's say it's 500 bucks for this nice basketball box that you could find value in. So you would pay 500. They're going to pay 300, right? Because they buy in bulk. And then instead of you buying $500, when in reality you're just looking for like specific cards, you could pay 20 bucks and you own a team. So when they open it on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, wherever they do it, and they're opening, so like let's say I have the Cavs and you have the Hornets, they pull Devontae Graham, that card belongs to you. And you only had to pay 20 bucks to get all, because you could get Dwayne Bacon, you could get PJ Washington, mm -hmm. and then they price it out. Like obviously Zion is going to be, I mean the Pelicans with right. Zion and all those guys will be more expensive. But the way it's gambling is like, you pay, you know, 50 bucks and you own the Pelicans. If they pull a Zion card that's one of 10, that's worth two grand. If they pull a Zion base card, which is his rookie card, that's worth 60 bucks. So you hit like a plus 120. And then if they pull, you know, these one of whatever cards, you hit a, like a 10 to 1. So that's what I've been watching. I haven't really participated in a bunch. And it's not. If you're in sports cards, that's not the way to, like, be in it. It's more of, like, the gambling aspect. But it's been fun to just, like, see a different variation of that. Because I think sports cards are really the future of what we're going to see. 
Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm feeling pretty aroused with all that you're saying exactly. about gambling in this. Dude, I, I watch this shit till like 3 a.m. and I'm not even part of it. Like you see these funny social clubs where these guys, if they get into it, because the the guys who are opening the cards, they don't make. I mean, they make money just by doing it, but by pulling the cards, it doesn't matter. But they'll pull a Zion and they'll freak the fuck out. They're like Zion base card, and they're just going nuts because they can make someone. $5,000 just by opening a pack of cards. And those have been like, it's the same thing as hitting like a 10 to 1 parlay. It's the same emotion, you know? It's amazing. Sort of like an auctioneer when you do yeah. uh, a, an auction draft. You ever done an auction draft? Yeah, uh, I've done auction drafts. I've also done, for March Madness last year, we did like an auction style thing where you buy the teams. That was sick. Like, mm. it was my first one, so I overpaid for Duke and I overpaid for Gonzaga and I had two one seeds. And once you pay that much, it's tough to like really win it. Uh, but like the person on Texas Tech, because you get cash each round, person on Texas Tech got him for like 70 bucks and then they win, whatever, 800 bucks for just getting to the final. So, that was really cool of like trying to find the value in that. And of course I just overpay for some one seeds. <laughs> I did something very similar to what Chad Millman does where him and his buddies, they pick like it's for them and they pick eight teams to win the Super Bowl, and they do like a, a round robin, like a snake draft kind of, yeah. I do something similar where there's eight of us. We pick four teams. It's $250 and it's, it's an auction. So you have like 200 fake dollars, but you right. have to waste all your money. Right. You can't have like anything left over. So it's very strategic. And I ended up bidding. My first pick was the Chiefs. I spent like $75 on them. And, and luckily, that's good. That's good, that's yeah. good uh, dude, you got to watch Tiger King. And I'm no, I know for a fact everyone's told you about it. Yeah, I don't know if that's my jam. Why do I have to watch it? Because it's social craze or because you actually you think it's a great show? It's It's... The wildest show I've ever seen from really? many aspects. It just gets fucking crazier and crazier and crazier every episode. And okay. the characters are very, like, wrestling gimmick. And I'm a big wrestling fan. Like, yeah. Joe Exotic thinks he's 80 times bigger than he really is. And before you know it, like, it starts off as a document, uh, a document, um, a documentary, excuse me, on, like, tigers and like exotic animals and then yeah. before you know it, it's like murder for hire and then right. did this lady kill her dude it's just out of control and and i can't front i think it does benefit from the fact that everyone's home and it is a social craze right. but from a crazy what the fuck is happening standpoint this is the show for you and it's quick okay. it's like it's like six episodes maybe seven that's it that's yeah. it Okay. Uh, yeah, that's like something I would do. I don't want to get into like if someone tells me to watch Suits. Like I don't, I don't have time to do eight seasons, eight, yeah. twelve episodes, all that stuff. I feel you. Six, I could give that a try. Uh, favorite Disney or Pixar movie of all time from my guy Daniel Gibson. Uh, I think Lion there's King. one answer. Lion King. Okay. What's your answer? Okay, I'll give you that, dude. Toy Story. Toy Story, I'm a, I'm a fan, but it's not up there for me. It's oh. not. Lion King is just like, I don't know, cold, just all my friends and I always loved it. We There were times at summer camp where we would just act out scenes and be climbing in the rafters of the bunk. Like Those are just great memories for me. Uh, I, I would go Lion King. 
Damn, that's a very sentimental one for me, too. Now that I think about it, that's the first movie I ever went to the movie theater to watch. My mom tells me the story all the time. Yeah, so that's a that's a super throwback. Uh, favorite sports movie or TV show of all time from Danny Dordes. I mean, High School Musical is a great movie. Let's just not front. It's a great movie, but that's not my favorite. My favorite sports movie is um, probably Miracle, I would mm. say. I mean... There's just so many iconic scenes, and like, even though you know the result every time, it's just like still shocking. Yeah. Like in Remember the Titans, you know the direction of the movie, and same thing in Miracle. But for whatever reason, Miracle, it's like there's still no way these guys are gonna beat them, right? And yeah. then they finally do it, and it's just like you feel it. It's Team USA, so it's a little bit bigger than life. What about you? Yeah, I was gonna say Miracle, also, man. I don't want to give a cop out. Miracle is a really good one. <laughs> I just love the. I actually didn't know, dude, until I watched that movie that that wasn't the gold medal. Yeah, that's well, that's another thing, and I don't know why they didn't make a little bit more of the movie about. Like they just use it as like an end card in yeah. the movie. It's like then they won the title or the the gold medal. But yeah, that's what, like probably it, the most misconceived thing is it was just this the semi. Yeah, it it'd be very similar to like if if a team was to beat the Warriors in the Western Conference at some point last couple of years, yeah. like people would forget if they end up winning the finals, they'd be like, "Yo, they ended that dynasty." Right. So that's just uh, how I feel about that the, one. The way they did it, it almost made me feel like they didn't win the gold medal. Like, right. The only reason you wouldn't talk about them like show the gold medal game is if they actually lost and it kind of ruined the story and you're just trying to focus on the big upset, but they won the gold medal, which is the, the weirdest part. All right. Two more quick questions here as we, uh, as we wind down, uh, this one comes from Jamin Fenton. This has to do with draft Twitter and we have the draft coming up. Okay. Are all opinions, the right opinion and are all the wrong opinions also the right opinion because no one knows what they're talking about when it comes to draft Twitter. Um, any fan opinion is 99 out of 100 times wrong because, <laughs> because two things. One, everyone thinks they're going to get the best value and the guy they want drafted, right? And then the second they don't get that person, the guy they do, they, they do draft all of a sudden becomes a first-team all-pro without having to take a snap. Like, the, like Jets fans, they're all in on Jerry Judy, right? And I think he's a superstar wide receiver. The Jets will probably bungle the draft, and then they'll end up with, I don't know, some schmuck offensive lineman, and they'll be like, this is the perfect pick. I'm glad someone reached for Judy. We didn't even want him at that high, at that price. We actually like CeeDee Lamb better, but we need to build around Dart. Like, they'll just flip on a switch. On the flip side, in our conversations with these draft prospects, they've told us, like, None of these scouts, like the scouts know, know stuff, but the scouts don't actually like tweet, right? Mm. They're telling their internal team. So these draft guys, like think about this concept. Mel Kuyper Jr., he's breaking down the draft. How much film can he really watch on every single prospect in the draft? He doesn't know the fifth rounder. He's seen three clips from him. He hasn't yeah. seen the entire tape. Whereas the scouts, they they're, there's 20 of them per team and they're position grouped and they're all segmented out. They can actually cover and know the backgrounds behind these guys. So on Twitter, yes. Unless it's coming from my account, no one knows anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny though. You bring up a good point how as the draft wears on, the, 
the broadcasters are saying less and less about the picks. Exactly. And it becomes more cliche, like, oh, freak athlete. High motor guy, probably some white dude from Iowa that plays right, linebacker. Like, right. yeah, that's always that's always the case. All right, last one here as we're signing off because I, I know we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Nick Chavez says PlayStation or Xbox. Oof. So the my evolution was uh, PS2, mm-hmm. PSP. The mm. PSP was way before its time. I mean, yeah. that was one of the greatest. I had devices. one, dude. I agree with you. The PSP was incredible. You can't get that anymore. So PlayStation 2 into PSP, into Xbox 360, into Xbox One. I tried a PS3, but I didn't really like it, so I ditched that and just stick, stuck with Xbox 360, Xbox One. And that was pretty much it for like the past six, seven years. And then when quarantine happened... I really wanted to play MLB The Show, so I went out, got a PlayStation. My brother has the Xbox upstairs. I have the PlayStation downstairs. I'm still an Xbox guy, but being able to play The Show... And the one thing that pissed me off was I always knew the biggest argument for PS4 was they have free online. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to sign up, and now you got to pay for it. So that kind of was like, where's the edge in PlayStation? If I'm an Xbox person, what's getting me to switch if it's not for saving 60 bucks on a yearly online subscription? Dude, for how much I play Xbox and Xbox Live, it's underpriced. And I hope no one... It's underpriced. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You want to talk about value to bring it full circle? Like, that's the best value. That's the best $60 that I spent all year round. Exactly. So you're an Xbox guy. Yeah, dude. And I, I... literally the same playstation 2 then i didn't play video games for a little bit and then i got an xbox 360 and then i've been an xbox guy ever since yeah i xbox is still my my choice without a doubt playstation can be a little confusing i just like the white and green over the blue i don't know why yeah the colors too yeah yeah it's just better mr snapback sports himself jack settlement my guy i appreciate you coming on the floor is yours tell people where they can find you uh, the things you're working on, what they could expect with this draft thing that you're doing too, which sounds super interesting. I'm very intrigued by it. Tell us. Well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. And like you said, we could definitely have done this for eight hours if I yeah. didn't have a little bit of a schedule to maintain. But Jack Settleman, S-E-T-T-L-E-M-A-N on all platforms. And then Snapback Sports on Snap and Instagram. But yeah, the draft series, like I said, definitely the thing I'm most excited about. Get to talk to these kids, 14 of them, hopefully more. We're going to try to file in a few more. Um, and then that, that'll that be available on our main uh, podcast platform, Snapback Sports Pod. And it's Canner interview drop today. Draft series starts tomorrow, and then we'll run all the way through the draft. So very excited. But once again, I appreciate you having me on the show. Did this shit my whole life. My guy, Jack. I appreciate you again, man, for coming on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Quick shout out to the members of the Patreon. Nick Chavez. Thank you. Ryan Pisner. My guy, Piz. I appreciate you. Christopher Velasquez. Congrats. Corey Johnson Hoops. My lady. Derek Pleates. Mr. 305. And Daniel Gibson. Congrats on the newborn, brother, brother. Enjoy yourself. Thank you all for listening to the show. At Veterans Minimum was where you could find the show. At The Lamb Show was where you could find me. Check out the content this week that is coming out on the YouTube channel. I am entering a contest for First Forum Fitness. Uh, 
Going to post that on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And we got some NFL draft stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. So VM got you. You know what I'm saying? And if you guys haven't, there's a good chance to go back and listen to some of the episodes that you might have not listened to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.